1: And welcome back to The Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, worldwide on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. My guest this hour is Robert Stanley, and uh, Robert has traveled to dozens of countries and has read hundreds of books and thousands of articles of his lifelong pursuit of modern and ancient mysteries. Over the past 30 years, Robert's quest for unique ideas and information has led him to research and write about many controversial topics. His ongoing investigations have been featured on television, Radio, and in print and joining us this hour is Robert Stanley. And Robert, welcome to the X-Zone.
2: Thank you, Mr. McConnell, for having me.
1: Tell me, uh, what uh, what motivated you to investigate the UFO activity in Washington, D.C.?
2: Yes, that was in the spring of 2005. I received an email that was sent to me by a private investigator in Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, it contained photographs of UFOs allegedly... Uh, swarming over and even landing on the Capitol building, which I thought was odd. I mean, I really thought that was weird because, yeah. you know, this was years later, a few years after the fact, and I thought, man, if that really happened, I, I, I'm sure I would have heard something about it. Um, fortunately, there was contact information there on the email, so I, I actually contacted the photographer, and we're still in touch after all these years. Uh, you know, it's we are still exchanging information because this is an ongoing situation,
1: now, what do you what kind of evidence do you have that okay, it, uh, that actually it, proves this really happened and it's not just made up?
2: Right, that's a good question. Um the photographs. Um as I said, I was I received this email with some photographs mm-hmm. and and as I said, I my first impression was, well, this this can't be real because uh well, obviously Photoshop being what it is. Sure. And and I mean, how come nobody's talking about it if this really happened? So as I said, I contacted the photographer. He said, "Look, I've got this on 35 millimeter uh, uh, film. I've got the negatives." And I said, "Really?" And I, so um, you know, I did a little uh, soul searching on that, and I you know came up with the idea of uh, uh, doing uh, having it, the negatives analyzed independently by a film lab there in Washington D.C. And so the photographer agreed to that, and ultimately uh, that's how it got started. I, I, I was you know the technician said. These these have not been tampered with. He looked at them through a loop and he said, if there was any tampering with these negatives, it would be evident. And and it's, so he said, this is this is all genuine. He says, I'm not going to say what these things are. All I can say is the light sources are quite powerful. And um, uh, he says, I have no explanation for it. You know. So that's that's the way we left it. But um, and then I started to investigate. You know, because I I remembered something about and it actually those the first photographs were taken in July of 2000 and two, which was actually the 50-year anniversary mm-hmm. of of the major news media actually covering or reporting that there was UFO activity in the heart of Washington, D.C., on at least three occasions. Turns out as it was more like 30, but, you know, they only reported it three times. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and by the way, back in the 50s, just like in 2002, they did show up on radar, and they were chased by the military out of prohibited, restricted airspace. So, Uh, You know, we've got people on the ground seeing Mm -hmm. these things. We've got people photographing these things. We've got them showing up on radar, and and the military is chasing them.
1: All right. Stand by, Robert. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation, Nation, Robert Stanley is our very special guest this hour. We're talking about, believe it or not, UFOs over Washington, D.C., now, here's a website uh, for Robert, www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. That's unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot Robert Stanley is my special guest this hour, and we'll both be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the exon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Hi, this is Rob McConnell, and I invite you to join me on Turquoise Radio for the X-Zone Radio Show, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. After 21 years of paranormal TV and radio, thousands of celebrity interviews, and millions of worldwide supporters, I am very excited to bring my show to Turquoise Radio, where together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal to the science of parapsychology and all topics in between. Check out the website at turquiseradio.com for showtimes. The X Zone Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, on Turquoise Radio. And I'll see you in the X Zone. Donation. Uh, Robert Stanley is our special guest, www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. Uh Robert, the the uh, your source in Texas, how did he get a hold of these uh these uh, thirty-five millimeter negatives?
2: Okay, the, the man who took the, the, partic- the particular photographs that we're discussing here, his mm-hmm. name's Wilbur Allen, and he lives and works in Washington, D.C. Okay. He, he had formerly worked for ABC News for 14 years prior to taking those photographs. Right. It was completely accidental. So he wasn't getting any traction with the major media, and... and Quite honestly, most people in the UFO community were uh, uh, dismissing it as Photoshop without actually doing an investigation.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So, at some point, after a couple of years of being turned down by multiple agencies, mm-hmm. um, you know, it eventually got to uh, uh, somebody I know in, in Texas, and they, for- not knowing much about photography, they for- forwarded it to me and asked my opinion of the pictures. So that's how I got started in specifically, uh, you know, uh, analyzing the. Uh, the circumstances, not only the photographs, but the, the uh, context mm-hmm. into which the, the photographs were taken.
1: So here you are with the negatives now. You've had them analyzed at a, at a film lab in Washington, D.C. The person, mm-hmm. the technician says they haven't been tampered
2: with. All right.
1: What do you do then?
2: Yeah. I published an article that, was, uh, that came out internationally, obviously on the Internet, but it also was in print through Nexus magazine. Mm-hmm. Because I'm friends with the editor of Nexus. Uh, we've been sharing information for years. Anyway, the photographs, some of them, were published widely. And, and <laughs> days later, I was visited by a, a black military black unmarked helicopter at my home in Lo- when I was living in Los Angeles. At the time, and it would, it absolutely floored me. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know if those things really existed. Uh, but uh, clearly, what I saw was—you know—it was real, and it—it—it it, it didn't just pass by the house. It, hover, it was first, it was doing these low circles, literally uh, right over the house. Then it stopped. By that time, I came—I was literally out of the house, mm-hmm. and it, had, it was hovering over my my car in the driveway, not not more than 200 feet up. And I thought, man, th- th- I mean, it, it just. <laughs> I, I was so shocked. I didn't know what to think, honestly. But uh, fortunately, I ran in the house and grabbed a, a point-and-shoot camera and came back out and got a picture of it before it left. But um, I, I'm absolutely certain that was related to the uh, uh, to the releasing those photographs.
1: Was there anything else that happened uh, that you found out of the ordinary, or was the helicopter the only event?
2: Um, well, yeah, there was... Uh, let's see. I, okay, so I, eventually... I started uh, really digging into this after – because I was curious. After I published the first article Mm -hmm. and I got visited by the helicopter, I started thinking, well, something's going on here. So I actually started investigating, and that's when I got 40, 50, 60, over 100, and then 200 reports. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. How come there can be this many reports of UF activity in Washington, D.C., and nobody's talking about it? So ultimately I published a book about this. In December, uh, our fall of 2006. And in, in December, I was on a national radio show. And right after the show, uh, the my website was hacked.
0: And the we all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family.
2: Which I thought, now this is weird. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you could just ask me not to do it. Somebody could, if they really felt it was a, a matter of national security, they could have just said, "Hey, we don't want that out there." But no, they they surreptitiously went in and hacked the the server. And even the the technicians who owned the server said, "Man, we've never seen anything like this. We don't know. We can't fix it."
3: Hmm.
2: And I said, "Well, okay, then I got to move to a different." And it was really frustrating me to tell you the truth. Um, and it, that wasn't. And then about a year after that. Um, Yes, it was 2007. A year after that, two very large military helicopters came over the house. This was not one little black one. This was the double prop uh, version of a helicopter that, I mean, I wouldn't know the exact designation. Oh,
1: the the Chinook. Uh,
2: Okay, if you say so. I'm not that familiar with the military helicopter, but I can tell you this much. Mm -hmm. It was was literally shaking the entire neighborhood. This time it wasn't just my house. You know how those things literally... chop the air like yep. pop 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 mm-hmm. this but there was two of them and and they didn't just again they didn't just pass over they made this really very scary looking maneuver over my home and i thought man these guys are nuts i mean it's like you know you can't even what you can't pick up a phone you can't talk to me you 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 i mean if you really want to intimidate me i guess mm-hmm. sending helicopters is it, it got my attention but ultimately i guess i'm not bright enough to just stop doing something um in other words, it was very ambiguous, okay? You, they weren't exactly saying, don't do this. They were just trying to intimidate me. And, you know, ultimately, I've, I've been doing this. This is my seventh year mm-hmm. now that I've been reporting this. And honestly, uh, I don't know how much longer I, I'm going to keep reporting on this because, you know, I what... <laughs> I, there's not there's not much more I possibly can say to anybody. It's I've I put all the information out there, all the photographs and videos and movies I've ever collected are are on the internet for free.
1: How long has this uh, alleged covert alien activity been going on?
2: Uh, well, the earliest report I could find was 1850, and and at that time they were calling them airships, and I believe it happened again in 1890 something. Uh, but it really didn't mm-hmm. start picking up until the 1940s, or at least I should say the reporting of these things during World War II, specifically, we're not talking Washington, D.C., that's when it started to really pick up, the numbers, the sheer volume of them. It, it absolutely went ballistic in 1950s. That that was a re- It still holds the record, other than this decade right mm-hmm. now, actually, that we're in. Uh, excuse me. Oh, wait a minute. That was excuse me, the first decade, of yeah, between 2000 and 2010, it is equal to the 1950s. So I actually, I I think I published one of the charts uh, somewhere on the Internet, uh, but I I do have it in the back of my second book, Covert Encounters in Washington, D.C. I spent, God, I spent, I've lost track of how many hours I've I've invested in my life uh, doing this now. It's just like I said, at at some point it gets a little uh, monotonous, but, uh, you know, look, somebody had to do it. And nobody else is willing, has been, so far, has been willing to take on this investigation.
1: Let me ask you this, and I don't know if you've been asked this before, but Go ahead. do you think there's an alien base near Washington?
2: You know, I, that's, that's wow, that's a really sensitive subject. Um, yes, I do, and, and, and it's not because I want to be sensational about this. Right. There are uh, based on some of the eyewitness reporting, there appears to be UFOs that literally come down and never, and they don't, come back up in other words they come down out of wherever Mm -hmm. and they go down and they they appear to be landing when people go over to see where they've landed there's nothing there so i assume that they have gone underground and you know part of the other thing the investigation as i conducted you know historically looking at everything i mean i scrutinized washington dc every way you can imagine including uh, stories of rumors of underground tunnels that pre-existed the building of the city as we know it so it's who knows who knows what's really down there
3: Are,
1: are there, you know, like this? This is uh, I, I'm saying to myself, "Holy cow!" Uh, I
2: don't. Are,
1: are, are there spacecraft or alien craft that are that you're getting reports of today that are actually landing in Washington?
2: Yes, I know that sounds hard to believe, but let's go back to what I was telling you before. Uh, one of the pictures, yeah. from July 16, 2002, taken between 11:30 uh, and one o'clock at night. Shows a craft actually landing on the roof of the Capitol building. Now, I thought that was just impossible to do because this—you got to understand—that was right shortly after nine eleven. Yeah, and, and they clearly in, increased their security. So, one of the the groups that I did contact in Washington D.C. that was willing to talk to me at some level was the U.S. Uh, Capitol Police because, I mean, hey, it's their that's their it's
1: that's their they, jurisdiction.
2: Yeah they, should be, yeah, they should be on top of it. Exactly. Anybody, I, besides, I, I, I didn't want to make them look bad. It's not their fault that this is going on, you know, so I want to get their reaction. But, you know, at first they were very, they, you know, kind of stonewalling me, giving me some uh, plausible deniability thing. I mean, they, they tried to answer my questions, but very, very, very carefully, you know. And then a few years later, they actually did a leak to me through back channels. They, they leaked to me the fact that their officers are seeing these objects. Sometimes they're, they're not saucer-shaped, sometimes they're spherical, and they do mm-hmm. loiter around the Capitol area. They gave me two instances of these spherical objects. I'm not saying they're craft. They're probably some kind of drones, mm-hmm. remotely controlled drones, that are doing surveillance there. But, but to answer your question, point blank, yes, there, has been, there have been allegedly n- multiple landings at various times in Washington, D.C., how can
1: all these landings be going on without major media or a, some close circuit camera picking them up and getting it worldwide attention?
2: Yeah, you know, and I'd ask the Capitol Police about that if they actually if their security cameras were running all the time. And they mm-hmm. said yes, but they you know they weren't going to tell me anything more than that. Well, the photographer, Mr. Allen, the first thing he did, having worked for ABC News, his family actually works at the Pentagon. So he felt it was, his, it was his duty to actually take copies of these photographs and to the Capitol Police. And they actually, uh, I mean, according to him, they did take uh, a report. And they, they took copies, and they said, this actually answers some questions about what, we've, you know, what our officers are logging. Mm-hmm. But it, he'd asked them, do, do your, your closed-circuit TV, did, did you get this? And they said no. And that was a problem that something, anything, whether wherever it's from, the fact that something could land on the Capitol or anywhere near the Capitol grounds and or, not be picked or, up, or that, even that was a
1: Or even enter the no-fly space.
2: The, yeah, well, it starts at the Washington Monument, which is literally just up the street from the mm-hmm. Capitol. It's all part of the National Mall. But the prohibited airspace is a circular thing. It's surrounded by restricted airspace. But anyway, it's it literally starts at the, at
3: the yeah.
2: Washington Monument. So. Yeah, they were concerned about that, and allegedly they upgraded their camera systems after that event in 2002.
1: What do these craft look like? We've got about 30 seconds, so okay. can you give me a ballpark idea what these craft look like?
2: So far, it's been every shape you can imagine. The saucers, you've got really? t- uh, cigar shapes, you've got spheres of all different sizes, by the way, and uh, sometimes they're triangular shape. That- that's something that people have reported and even photographed as well.
1: All right, stand by, Robert. You and I will be back on the other side of this news break. nation Robert Stanley is our special guest this hour. UFOs over Washington, D.C. And on Washington, D.C. His website, www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books.htm. And Robert Stanley and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. dot Welcome back, everyone. Robert Stanley is my special guest this hour, XO We're talking about UFOs over Washington, and uh, this is a fascinating topic. Robert's website is www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. Robert, here we are, what is it, 16 days away from a presidential election, or 19 days. Yes. Wouldn't one of the One of the uh, candidates love to break this kind of information, or wouldn't it? Or wouldn't, uh, for example, if uh, Governor Romney had this information, wouldn't this be able? Wouldn't this be a dig for the present administration and something that would catapult him into the into the presidency?
2: You would think. Uh, No,
0: actually, actually, it's not. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line this exclusive offer is only available at select spectrum stores so stop by today our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill don't miss out on this incredible offer come see us at market at hilliard taylor square and waterloo crossing spectrum internet and auto pay required restrictions apply visit store for details
2: Uh, according to john podesta who was part of the transition team for president obama Mm -hmm. uh no his people told me in no uncertain terms, that they, nobody in Washington, D.C., wants to come on the record because they will be held accountable. They, and, and whatever department they work for, will be held accountable for things that they have no control over, such as we don't even know where these things are coming from, who's flying them, or what they want. Wow. And so it's, it's a huge albatross. Nobody wants to come on the record, and believe me, uh, even the, the Capitol Police uh, don't have control over the situation, but, you know, um, <clears throat> they've at least admitted to me, unofficially, that they are seeing these things uh, around the Capitol grounds.
1: In your opinion, Robert, after studying these craft and their occupants for nearly so, for over seven years now, yeah. do you believe that these craft and their occupants pose a threat to national security?
2: Some of them do. If you read the book uh, by Frank Cristino Jr. called "Shoot Them Down," mm-hmm. okay, UFO, uh, yeah, UFO saucer wars of 1952 that we were having, engaging in uh, aerial combat with UFOs, wherever they're from, whoever's in there. It appears that at that time, in 1952, uh, based on uh, eyewitness accounts, some of these things were disabled and crashed in uh, West Virginia. And um, uh, one of them actually passed over the, the Capitol that night, September 12, 1952. Um, th- these were reptilian humanoids. Which it may sound weird, it's like, wait a minute, where are those guys hiding? I, apparently, and I did uh, say apparently, um, NATO did a study on this back in the 60s, and I interviewed uh, Command Sergeant Major Robert O'Dean about this at length. He swears that he saw a NATO assessment uh, about the threat that UFOs posed to accidentally triggering World War III. Back in the 60s, they they came to the conclusion that um, there was four different kinds of uh, aliens that were uh, and are visiting us that are not a direct threat. They mm-hmm. don't appear to be overtly hostile. I, I personally don't agree with it, but anyway, that's what they said. They said there was reptilian humanoids. There was taller humanoids that were, like, bald and, you know, kind of strange-looking, uh, hairless. Uh, then there was the smaller ones, typically what people call the greys, right. again, humanoids. Uh, they appear to be some sort of clone type of uh, entity. And then there was the humans, perfectly human hmm. humans. <laughs> from some other world, apparently, you know, that are here flying around in that kind of technology. And that's the group that really bothered NATO the most because they realized those guys could infiltrate whenever they wanted to, for whatever reason. So that's, that's where it gets a little dicey.
1: Why do you think the uh, occupants of so-called UFOs are actually mm-hmm. interested in Washington? And if they're interested in Washington, mm-hmm. are they also showing the same amount of interest in other capitals of, of other countries for example uh london moscow
2: yes yeah yes. Really? They've, they've been seen all over the world but yes they've been seen over london quite a bit and filmed and moscow is getting visited re, uh, fairly regular in recent time uh, and people are, are you know everybody's got a video camera or some kind of camera mm-hmm. now that they're carrying around even if it's just a cell phone so yes there's they're being seen all over the place even the vatican yes there was people there that actually saw ufo's or reportedly saw UFOs with occupants exiting the craft in the middle of the night. Um, so you know why Washington? Well, because it's the seat of power. Right. right. I mean, you know, it, I know that's that's just a quick, easy answer. But there's something about the geometry of the place. It's almost as if it's um, uh, sort of like Nazca lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you look at if you look at satellite pictures of the place, it's or, or if you, I mean, it's all over the internet. Uh, the, the some people say it's satanic. I don't know if that's true or not, but— Other
1: people say it has a lot to do with the Masonic order and so on, yeah?
2: more the Masonic thing. There is a Satanic element in Washington, D.C. I don't know if it's connected or what, but it it, it appears to be. In other words, I can't just dismiss one piece of the puzzle because it doesn't fit, at least maybe because I don't know where it fits, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, as much as I've looked at this, and I've really invested a, a great deal of my life into this, doing this investigation, it, there are certain things that are, are going to remain uh, an enigma to us at this time. And, and until we actually can have a conversation with the occupants of, of one of these craft, we're really not going to know exactly what's going on there and why.
1: What do you think they, they are waiting for? Why don't they just make contact worldwide
2: well, apparently, they've tried doing that with, specifically, let's go back to Eisenhower in 1954. Okay. Uh, they, they allegedly landed out there at uh, what is now Edwards Air Force Base, mm-hmm. um, just north of Palm Springs, and, and you know, Eisenhower allegedly went there and talked to them, um, humans now. Um, and part of their thing was they said, well, look, we'll help you, but the stipulation is you have to stop the nuclear thing right now because we know exactly where that heads, and it's a dead end. For everybody you know nobody's going to win on that deal everything's going to become extinct so uh unfortunately the administration said no in 1957 allegedly a human being landed a craft in alexandria which is actually in it's part of the district of columbia and was taken to the pentagon and lived there for a period of time uh he also met with eisenhower and allegedly said look you know we want to help you guys but again, it was really rejected. Uh, much like that movie, I know it was fictional. The day that Earth stood still. That's
1: right, with Michael yeah. Rennie. A great
3: movie.
2: Yeah, it was a. Uh, <clears throat> makes me wonder how mm. in the world they knew that was going on, because <laughs> it it predated a lot of what you know was later reported. That's right. Yeah. So I think somebody actually knew. In fact, it's really possible. Let's go back to what I said. We don't know who among us. And believe me, this would this is not science fiction. Now, if if we although it sounds like a twilight zone episode if our government said suddenly was to admit well yeah we've got aliens visiting us covertly some Mm -hmm. of them are human We're like what so who are they well we don't know for sure what you know i mean that would really people could become unhinged this this story i mean this information really does have the potential to disrupt society as we know it that is that is a fact
1: I've had the opportunity of speaking to Charles Hull. I don't know if you've heard Charles' story, where he was a mm-hmm. meteorologist. The tall whites, yeah,
2: yeah. area fifty-one.
1: Exactly, and you know, he said he used to take them into Las Vegas, and they used to blend. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. look a little tall, but that was about it. And and you know, you you hear his story, and you say, well, if it's happening there, yes, where else is it happening?
2: Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. The bases are typically uh, underground. Mm-hmm. Or under the water, or both, whatever. And uh, they, they, but they do. They're here covertly, and uh, that, that you know, we could speculate about that for hours, but it probably would get us nowhere. That's why I said we really need to sit down and talk to some of these people. Right. And i tried to do that over the years, even before I did this investigation in Washington D.C. I actually, my wife and I published Unicus magazine. It was the first and only magazine for Earthbound extraterrestrials, because my wife and I both have had limited contact with some of these beings and so we we recognized they're here but we were trying to figure out you know well how do you you know can't you just yeah why don't you yeah. just come and come out and well typically they say well it's dangerous and like, how could you argue with that you know uh, we we typically our society our you know current modern civilization is really dangerous i mean we're you know, we're willing to kill each other over what? You know, religious, That's beliefs, right. political, whatever. I mean, yeah. come on. So you come from another world, you're going to try and tell us what's real? I mean, uh, yeah, it could be a whole other inquisition over again, they, and they don't want to be involved in that. And they also don't want to be worshipped, by the way. I think the good guys really don't want us to, like, uh, become dependent on mm-hmm. them to, you know, to shepherd, them, uh, shepherd us uh, into the future. We need to be, in other words, we, you know, they, they have to respect our free will. The good guys
1: and of course we have to respect theirs as well it's a uh, tool it would
2: be nice but yeah. you know look when when you come in on a, the flying saucer thing that level of technology because you know it i gotta admit the photographs one of them is just absolutely mind-boggling it shows them actually warping space near the Capitol wow. and, and entering a wormhole i mean that, that level of, of power it's way beyond nuclear and um, I, I think they also don't want us to have access. Look, we're not even handling nuclear technology oh that Oh, my well.
3: God. We're,
1: we're going to, you know, at this rate, we're going to blow ourselves up.
2: Um, not just that. We're all, we're all being poisoned slowly thanks to Fukushima. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, as if all the nuclear tests back in the 50s and 60s weren't enough. Now we've got this thing just oozing radiation. So, so that brings up a good
1: question, yeah, Robert. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. You know, I, I've been
1: told by so many people over the years that these visitors are here to help us, uh, that yeah. uh, they, they want to tell us about the the destructive power of the nuclear weapons that we're trying to develop. In the case of Fukushima, why couldn't they have stepped in and helped prevent the mass poisoning that we're all seeing now because of this radiation problem? Uh,
2: you know, I, here again, I can't really speak for them.
1: Can you? Can you...
2: Speculate. I can speculate all day long, but I, I I just let's make it clear. This is just my own opinion. I really think that they have had warned us for decades, and we didn't listen and wouldn't listen. And so, for them to come in and because there's a lot more that was going on there that people just don't know about. And I'm not big on conspiracy theories, but I got to tell you, look, I worked for Honda Research Mm -hmm. and Development for eight years. Right. Right. Prior to prior to becoming so involved in UFOs, I actually worked for a Japanese corporation. I know the Japanese had a nuclear program during World War II, so the fact that they had they they did have something else going on there. They don't want anybody to know about. And uh, if you you know if you cared to see that information, I could forward it to you. But look, yeah. the, I know for a fact there was weapon grades uh, uh, material that was being produced. At those facilities, and it was heavily guarded. Yeah, it was all totally covert. Yeah. totally covert. So, you is know, it just
1: by chance the Americans got the first strike?
2: First strike. Say, the first, the, the
1: dropping the first bomb.
2: Oh, 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 yeah. No, actually, we knew what they were doing uh, because we had broken their code, just like we broke the German code, and that was uh, that was the you know the NSA. That was right. Uh, the the magic, the magic team actually did that the purple code of the japanese was broken we knew what they were doing absolutely, absolutely. so we had to
1: beat them to the punch in order yeah, to well, okay, you know. yeah exactly. and, well look it makes a lot of sense their
2: ally Yep. Germany, we, we, we claimed later, the reason we had the bomb program was because Germany was working on it, and they were. And they were sending uh, uh, material and sharing technology with the Japanese. But look, you, you can see for yourself, the Japanese are not dumb. They, they know no. how to make technology, and they did it. Believe me, they did it, but they also moved their main facility off of the island onto the mainland, uh, Korea, a place called uh, Honan. Uh, yeah, Honan conan excuse me conan with a korea and that's where they actually had a, a facility there that most mainly was taken over by the russians uh, at the close of the war but they did detonate a bomb after, shortly after we detonated the first bomb on them they they got one of their um... Uh, uh, prototypes actually exploded uh, out in the bay uh, conan and this is all in uh, the book the uh, secret war it's, it's a little more in-depth than what he goes into that book believe me I, I know it's, it's a sad po- it's a sad state of affairs. Mm-hmm. But this is how it is with war. The yeah. first casualty of war is always the truth. When you're dealing about covert affairs, you never ever ever tell people the truth. You can't afford to do that.
1: Tell me, Robert, is there a connection between the uh, the race for the moon and the UFOs?
2: Um. Not that I'm aware no of. You know, I, I know that we, they they allegedly saw a lot of UFO activity mm-hmm. up there. Uh, and, you know, Colonel Corso, I, I, although he published that, that um, he didn't really author the first book, uh, the, you know, Day After Roswell. Yep. But he, I did get a hold of his diary. I'd heard much about it from Commander Dean. So I finally got a copy of his uh, Colonel Corso's diary. And he did talk in there. He said he thought that they had bases, whoever they are. He felt they were hostile towards us based on things that he'd seen in his career. But he said that there was bases on the moon and Mars and, um, and even the satellite uh, moons of uh, Mars, Phobos and Deimos. He felt he thought we should actually nuke Phobos. Wow. I know. <laughs> <It's like clears throat> so, so again, this is something you really wouldn't want to tell the public. No, of uh, because, no. you know, you don't want to panic people. Yeah. It would upset uh, the apple cart.
1: Robert, stand by. It's been great talking with you. You and I will be Thanks. back on the other side of this commercial break. Exonation, a fascinating conversation. Visit Robert Stanley's website at www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books.htm. And Robert and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break talking more about UFOs over Washington, as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. TV.com is our website. And if you'd like to listen to the archives, www.exxonepodcast.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away. UFOs over Washington. That's our topic this hour. Robert Stanley is my guest this hour, and uh, Robert, what was it that drove you to to dig into UFOs in general? What was the what was it that happened?
2: Oh yeah, it was my uh, my father had a picture of a UFO that was taken by a friend of his uh, out in the desert, and he didn't see it when he took took the picture, mm. so that that kind of burned into my mind. You know, there's something going on. Uh, but I also had close encounters in my own. Uh, you know, I lived, I grew up in Malibu, and uh, starting in the 80s, I started having numerous close encounters that kept going on. Eventually, I, you know, I just couldn't dismiss what was happening, so I tried to investigate for my own satisfaction, and then I found a lot of other people. You know, I mean, thousands of people around the world, maybe millions, uh, have had these kind of experiences. So I was obviously, you know, it 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 just became not just a curiosity, but a way of life. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I I think. I mean, I have. I would. Have, this sounds crazy. I have some kind of relationship going with them. Mm-hmm. I would think the good guys. I know the bad guys are not really fond of me, but um, uh, it's you know, it's just the way it is. So.
1: You said earlier that you had some sort of contact with them. You know. Yeah. Uh, how how was how did that contact work?
2: Uh, it's, it's slightly involved, but for myself that, uh, typically, uh, I remember one time when I was 13 that they, they came literally some ball of light came into the room and it was talking to me. I don't know how that's even possible, but it was, and it it happened. So, um, and there was also a crop circle that showed up near my home in 1973 out there in Malibu, uh, that was photographed by a neighbor. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I just, you know, believe me, there's been times when I thought, well, God, I wish I could live a normal life, uh. It'd be like everybody else and just, you know. But uh, it's, it's, it just isn't happening for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I, look, I didn't ask for this Washington, D.C. thing. It just sort of fell into my lap. And there's been a few times I just wanted to walk away from it because, honestly, this has been a pain in my neck. Uh, but, you know, look, it's ongoing. I'm very concerned for the, the future of our, not only the nation, but the, the planet, yeah. the, not just the country, but the, our species. I'm very concerned that this is going on covertly. And believe me, if you go to my website, you'll see, you'll see the photographs for yourself you'll You'll know for a fact this is happening i mean i've got I've collected over nine hundred reports that go span a hundred and sixty one year period right and analyzed that and um, you know, like I said, the photographs really tell quite a compelling story and this year alone we've had over thirty reports wow. most of them most of them had uh, uh, photographs or, or video associated with them, so it's not stopping yeah. the, the, the activity hasn 't stopped at all, no matter how many times I tell people. It just, you know, they, they obviously are operating with uh, impunity, and, and they just, you know, they're here. So I don't know what else to tell you.
1: Robert, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, my pleasure. Keep the great work up. Let our listeners know what your website is one more time, please.
2: Sure. It's uh, www.unicusmagazine.com, U-N-I-C-U-S, magazine.com. Click on Books. And, uh, or photographs, whatever you prefer. But you can get to the photographs, all sorts of the books link, and uh, and also, the, like I said, the updated um, report, it's there, all the links that you'll need. There's a lot of free information mm-hmm. if you want to buy the books. Those are available on Amazon uh, for discounted prices, and the links are uh, there on the website.
1: Excellent. Robert, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll look Thank forward you. to the next time you join us here in the Exxon.
2: Thank you so
1: much. Take care. Take care, sir. nation. once again, Robert Stanley has been my guest this hour. We were talking about UFOs over Washington. Wow. Go to his website. Take a good look. Seeing is believing. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues right here from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.